0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, this this, this is Learn to Kick Fear with Love. Take action. Learn how internet marketers, real estate investors, and other entrepreneurs are overcoming their fears and making it happen and being successful. You know she's got the 411. It's time to kick those fears to the curb with Love. Right now. Right now. Right
1: now. Awesome. Well, we'll go ahead and dig in here to the very first question talk a little bit about how you got started as an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, um
2: I was I was always an entrepreneur. I always knew that I would own my own business. Not not sure why. It's just to so um I've probably been asked a hundred times, you know, are you are you born an entrepreneur or do you just become one? And and I, I have to believe that I was just born one. Um I was always a rebel. I didn't follow lots of rules, so I, I knew that you know. People would tell me all the time, Oh, you're gonna have to work for yourself because <laughs> you don't like to <laughs> rules, you don't like to do what's supposed to." And I always was one of those kids who said, "Why? Okay, so why do I have to do it that way?" Um, right. My parents said to me, "Well, it's because I was fundamentally lazy," and that's could be true, but I, I just never kind of got it. So I. Um, I worked for some really awesome people. You know, my, my very first job was uh, in the library. All right, and I thought I was going to shoot myself. Somebody, this? <laughs> yeah, this is somebody's career. Okay, so I was putting books on the stacks, and and you could always find me in the business section. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just go so grab them and hide there. Nobody knew what they were going to yell for me, right, in the library. So it, right. I was to hide and. And nobody would find out. And then, um, shortly after that, I uh, <laughs> had this boyfriend, you know, which everybody knows. Every story in me starts with some guy, right? So uh, <laughs> I had a really high phone bill, and my mom said she wasn't going to pay my phone bill. That I needed to go find a job in college. And so I applied at a management consulting firm, and they hired me. I was shocked. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I was their receptionist, and. All I wanted to do was own this firm, so I watched and I I, I created um, all of the the paperwork and all of the reports that they would give, and and which is it kind of foreshadows what I do now. But they would go in and look in businesses and and tell them all the things that were wrong, and so I got to sit there and ask my boss, well, why is that wrong? Why shouldn't they do that? Well, and he'd go, okay, well let's let's go through it, and. I learned so many valuable lessons then about about running a business, about running an efficient business, about how to make money that I just fell in love with it. And uh, I ended up leaving there because I went to visit my boyfriend and didn't come back. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) I came back late and they got really mad. They're like, "Really, Rochelle? You know, we really love you, but you have to come to work." And yeah, so uh, the office manager happened to just kind of take me under her wing, and she said, you know, my husband is starting a new business, and he needs somebody good, so why don't you go and talk to my husband? Well, he was like, oh, you are fantastic. Come on and work for me, and it was just me and him, and we actually built his business. It's a um, He was a tax preparer, but he was doing it differently. He had a telephone tax preparation company, <clears throat> so you say, really? Okay, who does taxes over the phone, but we figured it out, and we had all of these people, a waiting list that was just ridiculous. Um, He allowed me to create our first radio commercial, uh, and that's when I first learned how to really find a target market and talk to a target market and talk to them in a language that they understood. Now, now I know what that's called now, but back then, I I was just doing what, what instinctively I thought to do. Um, And in four months, I mean, literally, we built a million-dollar business in four months. And I said, okay, not only am I addicted to this, (laughs) but this is really fun. Uh, uh, And eventually, it took me six and a half years to graduate from college because every tax season, I would stop and go and do this tax stuff with him and build this business and and learn some really uh, essential things. But... I knew at that moment that I just needed to get out of college so I could check it off the list so that my parents would, would leave me alone so that I could go on to entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Um one thing that you said, you know, I, I do get the question as well. Um, you know, are you born an entrepreneur or and I in, in so many ways I feel like that, that you are as well. But but anyway, I you know, thanks for uh, for sharing that. Now with your very first entrepreneur endeavor you know, serious business. Did you have capital yourself? Did you have help? Did you, you know, have a business partner? How, how did you fund that? Or, or talk talk a little bit about that experience.
2: Uh, um, well, you know, I had I had several failed tries before my actual real one. So, you know, if if I'm being totally honest, I probably was was always an entrepreneur. I always had something on the side that I was doing. Uh, so even at the tax firm, uh, my boss said to me, he said, "Hey, you know, Rochelle I really, you know, you're a pretty smart kid. I, well, of course I am. <laughs> you know, you know I, I had, I've always had this issue with, really, well, of course, right? Uh, and so he said, well, why don't you, why don't you figure out a business that you want to start, and I'll help you. I was like, okay. No so I was watching TV, and a commercial came on for 1-800 dentist, and I said, that's a really awesome idea. All you have is a listing people call and you give them a dentist in your local area. And so I said, well, well, what business can I start that's similar to that, that it doesn't take a lot of people and we can do it over the phone? Because I had fallen in love with this whole over the phone concept. And so I created um, this company called 1-800-KID-CARE. And it was for parents to call and get and find a childcare service that was either close to their job or close to their home. And the childcare service Says companies would pay me a fee to be listed in our directory. Nice. So wrote the business plan. Um, he told me it was crap. I'd never make any money. And so I tried to shoot him. And basically, <laughs> you know, um, he, very funny stories. That when people say, when he said to me, you know, create a business and I'll fund it. What he really meant is create something that I like and I'll give you money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, that's, that's totally different than create something that will make money. So um, I struggled a little bit, but then I said, you know what, this is a great idea. Let me let me just kind of start this. Let me pull the trigger. So uh, I sent a survey, which is, you know, now that I am a marketing expert, I know that this is, this is exactly what I tell people to do, but I, I don't know where I came up with this idea. I probably read a book that told me, by the way. Uh, but I... I sent a survey to child care agencies, and I asked them would they pay for this service, how much would they pay for it, Uh, what do they want included in the service, what is the contact information that they would want back, and how much would they pay? And so, now I did kind of lie a little bit uh, because I was still in college, so I sent them a copy of my registration card for UCLA, and I said I'm doing a a um, paper for school and I need to know this information. Mm -hmm. but I was lying. I just wanted the information because (laughs) I wanted to sell them eventually. Um, And and I got tons of responses that said, you know what, we'd love something like this. I'd pay about 50 bucks a month for it. And so now i created my projections. Everything was great. My boss still wouldn't give me the $10,000. Wow. That I felt that I needed to, because I needed to place the ads, right? So it's not, yes. not that I had the directory, but I needed to place the ads that people would would call. Um, so I, I went to visit my hometown and I saw my best friend. And my best friend uh, was an early childhood education major. And I thought, ooh, you know what? Here, I've got this business. What do you think if we do this together? So she said, I love it let's do it and um i added an additional component to the business where she would go in and inspect these childcare centers and rate them
1: mm-hmm.
2: and say hey look you know this is a 3 this is a 5 so that now we could get the parents to really feel comfortable about sending their children to life. okay so i know this is a really long story but it really has a point
1: uh, oh you're so, perfect go ahead
2: okay so my so my <laughs> so my best friend turns left turns right she's not an entrepreneur she's always had a, a job you know since then and she really didn't get it she's like so what do we do and how well, this is a lot of risk and and i, I just want to go get this job that i've applied for at the county <laughs> right because our parents told us that we go to college and then yes. we get the job that that's what we're supposed to do so uh i was like what oh you got to be kidding me so it kind of deflated uh, my excitement, I went to school to try to finish, and I really didn't have time to work on this business at the same time. Plus, I was trying to get back to the tax company, and it didn't, it just kind of went to the wayside. Fast forward six months, and I see my friend, and I go, hey, what are you doing? And she goes, oh my gosh, um, you wouldn't believe I got a new job. And I said, you did? And she said, yeah, at the county in their child care division. I said, well, of course, you know, you were an early education major. She said, well, they were looking for a program to implement, and I gave them your business plan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. And
2: she said, what? And she said, well, I gave them your business plan. Um, And Target, I said, the store Target, yes, the store Target funded the plan. Wow. I said, what? She said Target gave the county a half a million dollars
1: O-N-G. to implement the plan
2: and made her the director of Oh wow. <laughs> and wow.
1: I- oh. And wow. you didn't go wait a minute and you didn't go to prison? No, I'm just joking.
2: You see? You see I'm <laughs> one I'm one decision away. Okay. I just happened to buy a time making and I said to her, Wow and she goes, Yeah, and I'm making forty three thousand I said, You're happy about that? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm only, you know, 25 years old and I'm making $43,000. And I said, but you don't realize that we could have got the half a million. Right. What the hell do we care about the $43,000? And, uh, I was, de- I, I just was dejected. But what I knew at that moment was that I understand business. I have great ideas and that somebody out there will give me some money for it. So, fast forward to, you know, a couple of failed relationships, um, had, some, you know, I, I finished college, was still unsure what I wanted to do, uh, me and the owner of the tax firm kind of fell out, because I felt like, look, I made you all this money, you should be just writing me big checks, and he wasn't, yes. Yes. little checks, and... And I was still having to get a, a tight over job, not in tax season. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? What what am I doing? Why do I keep building these companies for other people? Um, and consequently, I moved to Las Vegas. My mother moved here. I moved here for free rent. And she said, well, you know the rules. You've got three days to find a job. Right. So I was like, okay. Uh, and I went and I pimped for a couple of companies. I started selling some uh, advertising and I joined a networking group, and I met this guy. So here we go again. <laughs> you should come work for, you know, the telephone company. And, again, I had a really high phone bill because at that point I was dating three men in three different states. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, let me just check out this phone company. Well, I uh fell in love with it. My $300 phone bill went down to $65. I said, not only will I keep the service, but I've got to work for you. Uh, started working for them, was super successful for them. So I took them from 300000 to $36 million. I was promoted five times in four years. And my boss finally said, okay, I'm tired of paying you. <laughs> well, well, look, you know, I didn't want to fall into that same trap that I did with the other guy. So I was very, you know, direct. In how much money I wanted to make, and how much I felt like I should make, and and getting a percentage and and everything, and finally he said, well, you know, are you interested in? Uh, he 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 was trying to sell the company, and so this goes back to answering the question you originally asked me. And he kept trying to sell it to these big companies, and and we tried to go public, and and all of these things. And so finally one day I said to him, well, how about I buy it? And he looked at me and he goes, are you joking or are you kidding? And I said, well, I'm I'm serious, I think. (laughs) And uh, I had read a book by uh, Reginald L. Lewis called Why Do All the White Guys Get to Have All the Fun? And in the
1: book, he
2: talks about, uh, you know, the reason why African Americans don't progress quickly enough is that we keep trying to reinvent the wheel instead of purchasing an ongoing entity. So I said, why are you trying to create this when there are businesses, flourishing businesses, that are just ready for you to purchase? But the reason being is because a lot of times you don't have access to capital and you don't understand how to raise capital, and so that's what the, the book teaches you how to do. But the lesson that I learned is that I don't need to start from scratch; I just need to buy an existing entity. So I said, well, yeah, let's try to do this. Um, I went to SBA. SBA said, we love you, absolutely. I had all the five Cs. Um, you know, I had great credit at that point. I had worked in the business for four years. I knew the industry. Uh I was they said, Well, look, because we don't like to really fund tangible, you know, intangible businesses, why don't you do us a favor and buy a building at the same time? And then that way we can have you buy the building and then we'll add on the other stuff. That way your your boss will be made whole. He'll get what, the money that he wants, and then we have some type of collateral. I said, not a problem. Sounds great. So I went building shopping. I'm mean, Probably the most fun I've ever had in my life. Uh, <laughs> so I got the letter that came to my house that said they weren't funding anything. They didn't like the business. They felt that uh, I couldn't compete with AT&T and that it just wasn't right.
1: Hmm.
2: So... Uh, I'm actually glad they did it as the best thing ever because yeah. it forced me to look at other alternatives. Um, but, you know, the, the story gets crazier in that I had $100,000 sitting in the bank, um, had some stocks and bonds and some other stuff that was just kind of sitting there waiting for me. And I met this group of guys <laughs> who that's all they did was they funded businesses. So they were like VCs, but they weren't really VCs. Mm -hmm. And they said they they were looking for companies to buy. So they asked me, how can we do it? And and if I was looking for other companies to buy, I said yes. Mm -hmm. They said, well, look, we don't want to just give you, you know, a million dollars. We want to give you five. And we want you to buy um, at least three companies because we need the revenue at at least 50 million. So the company that I was buying was already at 36 and closer to 40 based on, you know, what we were doing that year. And so I looked for two other companies, and I found two. So I, once again, just like shopping for the bu- building, shopping for businesses was even more fun. You know, I'm 29 years old, and I'm flying all over the United States looking at companies to buy. Uh, awesome. They said all we need you to do is send uh, 75000 and once you send us the 75000 then we will set up, the new entities and put all the banks and set up the documents and get all that done, but this is just like the legal fee. This is just what we have to do. Uh, sent the 75000 and never heard from them again. Wow. And I was like...
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Interesting.
2: I, I just can't even... You know, even thinking back how that happened. It was just ridiculous. So you know, so who who do I tell that story to, right? You know, I surely don't tell my mother who said, Well, I told you to keep the job, what are you trying to buy anyway? <laughs> like, right. Um so now I'm trying to liquidate some stocks so that I can at least have, you know, my my savings back and and uh it just didn't work out. Every person that I went to They didn't want to give me the money, and finally I went to my boss, and I said, all right, you know, I've tried to do this deal every way that I could, and it's just not going to work. And he said, well, I don't want the business anymore, so because he had started another one and was just focusing on that. He goes, so Mm -hmm. let's just figure out a way that you can just make payments to me. And I was like, really? (laughs) And I said, well, that's easy. You know, look, I got $40 million. I know that I got $3 million. Come in, what kind of payment you want? Oh, okay, well, let's do it. And we did the deal just between me and him. Nobody else knew. I got rid of stuff that, that is, especially because he had a C-corp and I had a C-corp, so the statute of limitations are over now. So I can tell the truth is that the things I didn't want to pay, I didn't pay. Right. You know, he didn't care. It was only the He He was protected. Um, I sold off several pieces of the business that, you know, because I had 52 employees and probably five of them I actually liked. The rest of them, they hated me. I was the youngest person at the company except for the receptionist. So they pissed off, you know. They were mad that I was running things, that I was, you know, and I am civil now. Back then, oh, (laughs) there's there's no coffee in the break room. And I told them, you might want to go to 7-Eleven across the street because I don't drink coffee. Yeah, that's funny uh, woo, ruthless. Uh, so anyway so that's how you know I was able to buy the company basically from the cash flow that was going in the company I said okay I just won't take a salary I won't do this I won't do this I sold off bases I sold off assets so that I could make him whole he was happy and we moved forward from there so sorry about the long long story but I think it's important that Know, you know, all of the pieces of yes. of the trials and tribulations, too, of I could have easily just said, you know, forget it. But look at what happened is I became the only female African-American public utility owner in the nation because of that.
1: That's awesome, No, I appreciate you sharing all of that. It's, it's extremely important. And quickly, is it safe to say, or, or who can you say is your, or who was your first
2: mentor, was it the tax boss? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was him. I mean still till this, still to this day, um, and I and I'ma tell you why he I mean I, I still do habits that he taught me.
1: Okay. You know,
2: ones of um he taught me a very important lesson and that is with cash flow you can make anything work. Yes. He said the problem is when you don't have cash flow. He said, because so what? You pay something late, right? So, so I took that lesson into the telephone business, and even at the te- at the telephone company, you know, at one point we were losing a million dollars a year. Awesome. But you know, I, I made it work seven years. Seven years. Who cares? Okay, so you call. We're late. Mm-hmm. Next.
1: <laughs> if you
2: call, a kid, you might not get it. So mm-hmm. now, what would you like to do? How, how do you want to make
1: this happen?
2: Um, so yeah, my my first one definitely uh, was the tax, the tax guy.
1: That's awesome. Talk a little bit about, even though it's it's hard to imagine you being fearful of anything, uh, mm-hmm. but as a you know an entrepreneur and and even the examples that you just shared where you didn't know what you were gonna do and just you know different people being you know malicious, I guess. Yeah. And, and doing things behind your back, or whatever the case may be. Talk a little bit about fear, and maybe some anxieties that you had to deal with and had to overcome in order to press forward to, you know, you obtain know, the success and the end goal that that you wanted and that you have.
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I'm fearful every day. Is if I'm if, if I'm if I'm honest, uh, and I was fearful then too. And how I masked it was through a kind of a nonchalant, I don't care thing. Um, in front of them, but I definitely cared, (laughs) you know, and to be, you know, 100% transparent, um, at that time, I probably, during that, from the time I landed in Las Vegas till I purchased the company, I gained 100 pounds.
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) Okay, so how I handled that fear, I just stuffed myself with food, which is not, you know, at all... Any anything that I'm suggesting, but it's just evidence of the fact that I can't ever lie and say I wasn't fearful. All right. Um But how I dealt with fear most days were um, I am very, you know, grounded. I grew up in church. Uh, my grandmother founded the church in Southern California that I went to every Sunday that even though my mother didn't go, she dropped us off and, I, you know, we went to Sunday school. Um, so I start every morning with devotion and in being grateful and thankful. Yeah. Uh And then after that, I just have always felt like, you know what? So what's the worst thing that can happen? Um, one of the parts of the story that while I was in college and following boys, uh my boyfriend lived, my main one, <laughs> <laughs> went to college in another state. So I was constantly flying to see him. Back mm-hmm. and forth, um, going to his games. He was an athlete, uh, so I didn't miss the game. I didn't miss any of that stuff, and I had over thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt before I graduated from college.
1: Wow.
2: So, um, I always felt like, well, what do I have to? Do? What What can they do? I don't own anything. You know, I don't have any. What What can they do? Yeah. And I always was was asking, well, so how come? And believe it or not. When when you ask an unrelated question, other I believe other blessings come to you. You know, you start putting a foot forward. So even just the fact that I was reading about entrepreneurship and I was always, you know, Inc. magazine, I had Woman Entrepreneur when it first came out, I read Entrepreneur, I read I read them every single month. I mean I've lived for this in other business books. Um, it was it was always and and uh, I never thought, oh, I can't do this. Now, my father ran the um, Black Chamber of Commerce in um, his town, and he was very instrumental with um, rebuilding Zimbabwe once they became Zimbabwe from their previous country name. And cool. my stepfather was a commercial realtor, so I had entrepreneurs around me, but I just... Uh, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I just always just knew that, okay, well, if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll just do something else. But, yeah. you know, I can always get a job. Who cares about a job? Let's, let's do this.
1: Right. Wow, that's, that's good. Very good. Now, how do you motivate yourself? You know, you, I mean, you know, bookstore. Yeah. I know you have I know you have a daughter, so, you know, you can please feel, you know, free to talk about her, but how do you motivate yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, God, God bless my mother. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because my mother is really
1: nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love my mama. She she is, but she's always kind of been the one where she goes, you know, you might not want to do that. Yeah. And when she would say that to me, the rebellious teenager would always say, Well, why not? Well, what happens if they don't? So more than any other fear that I have is the fear of disappointing my mother. Yes. Um, and I always wanted to, her to be very proud of me. Um, I was a baby kid, so I was always struggling for, hello, could somebody say hello to me? <laughs> you know, yes. I am here. I am a young, tired and old now, but I am still here. Please pay attention to me. Um so that was a really big motivation. Uh, you know, of course, now that I do have a daughter, she's eight, you know, it, it's, okay, <laughs> well, really? All right, this is what I'm responsible for. But even back before her, you know, I had 52 employees that were depending on me to generate income.
1: Yes.
2: And so as a salesperson, I still was our number one salesperson. If I didn't do what I was supposed to do every day. Nobody ate. Right. So 52 families were depending on me, so it made it. You know, I, I didn't get to have those days, any bad days. So when when you don't get to have bad days, you get used to making every day a good day. That's good. Yeah, and and here was a, a second thing that I learned, and that is how you deal with failure will determine if you ever get to deal with success. And so uh, you know, I am a huge sports fan and fanatic. And I would watch how quarterbacks would just throw three picks in a row and come back and still have the nerve to throw the ball again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Or, you know, my, my best friend in high school was Reggie Miller, who played for the Indiana Pacers. And I'd oh, watch him he would, you know, shoot from this three-point line over and over and over and over again. It didn't matter if he missed. He'd still go back to it and shoot it. You know, in his warm-up drill, uh, he would watch the shot clock, and the shot clock would go down to, you know, five, four, three, and he would be face backwards to the score. And as he would count down the five seconds, he'd turn around and jump from the three-point line and shoot the ball. And, and I'm like, so how do you keep going? He's like, look, because I know I'm going to make it eventually. And those were really big and instrumental in my life in that I know that I'm going to make it eventually. It's just that I can't quit. I can, but um, but I read tons of books. You know, right now next to next to my bed is the trick to money is having some. Um, I also have next to me. What's this one? I have Ink Magazine. Um, I have Joel Olstein's book. The it's it's your time. I pretty much read that every morning, uh, as well as uh, the Bible. Um, what else is over there? I mean, I, I just have tons that I, I have to start my day in in feeding my spirit and telling yes. me how, how amazing I am. It doesn't matter what size I am. It doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank. It, it, I have to live, you know, and be grateful for what I have. So here's what I do every night too, which is I think is important, is when I go to bed, before I go to bed, I journal. And so I just kind of recap the day. It's not a lot. It, most times it's a paragraph. But the real essential part of my journal are I list the five things that I'm grateful for today.
1: Yes. Sometimes
2: I'm grateful for gas in my car. Sometimes I am so grateful for gas in my car. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes yes. it's more important than others. Um, and then after that portion, then I have a portion that's about what I accomplished for the day. Because as entrepreneurs... I think we always feel like we never do enough. And I needed to track my accomplishments. You know, I needed to track the fact that, that I did this interview today will be on my accomplishments. Um, the, you know, I wrote three pieces of copy. I finished reviewing two chapters of my book. I coached four people. I created a new, you know, I did this, that, and just list them all to make sure that I can see that there's progress.
1: Yes. And the last
2: section is I write down what I was uncomfortable about doing today and I still did it. So that's kind of like one of those fear things, but I don't I don't like to say the word fear. You know, what was I fearful of? Because that just gives it energy. So I say what was I
1: uncomfortable about. Okay.
2: And then I list them. Okay, well I was uncomfortable about, you know, asking for blank or calling this person or calling the bank and asking for an extension of the line of credit. Or, you know, I was I was uncomfortable about, um, like, for example, at my daughter's school, Morris Day, son, goes to my daughter's school.
1: Oh, and cool. he, breaks,
2: right? So yeah. I see him every morning. <laughs>
1: and,
2: <laughs> but I've never asked him for a picture. I've never asked, you know, and I'm like, I'm a huge fan. How come I don't ask? That's just right. crazy. And that's kind of one of the things that, that when I have it will be a really big breakthrough of the fact that I actually am. Um, But so I do those things, too, to just keep me going, because if I don't, then my brain explodes during the night, and I think about, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. You know, I I go to to bed every night peaceful knowing that um, I did all that I could that day.
1: That's fantastic, and that's something, actually, man, I hadn't journaled in several years, and I always say I'm going to go back to it, but I think you've uh, been a motivation to to really start that back up again, because it is very important like you said, because you, you're documenting uh, what you've done, what you've accomplished for that day, and, and, you know, even things that you're fearful of or you're, you know, nervous about or whatever the case may be, you can document those things, too. That way you can just identify with your productivity and maybe things that you need to go back to and revisit and change. So that's very, very good. I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what it, child- it, it go
2: changed my life, by the way, just so you know. It changed because after losing it all twice, okay, because, you know, part of this whole story is, is, you know, I lost it all, and then I rebuilt it back in five months, all right. Well, then I sold that company because I love buying and selling companies, and I had a couple of tragedies, and I sold that company, um, and the guy didn't pay me. He made one payment, so I was stuck again. So, you know, how do you go from, and by the way, at this moment, I, I retired my mother uh, while I owned a household company. I bought her a house around the corner. So how do I tell my mother, okay, as we all know that she's crazy. She just, she didn't believe in it. She was the last person to switch her service to my service. The last person. Okay? The only time she switched her telephone service is when I gave it to her for free. Or she right. didn't have to say, She said, ooh, girl, I need my phone. No, know, ACT has Whitney Houston singing their stuff. I, ooh, uh-uh. What if you don't say that? I know you don't like to clean your room. So you might not, you know, I mean, just, just stuff that you go, really, mother, just believe in me. It's okay. Yeah. So now, how am I gonna tell my mom she has to go get another job? Yes. And at the house that I bought her, I'm gonna have a problem paying for. Her. Yeah. You know, just crazy. So if if I didn't journal and get all that yucky stuff that's inside of me out, I I would have had a heart attack. Um, you know, it it just helped me just release all of the stuff that was going. And eighty pounds,
1: by the way. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> That helps,
2: too, but, um, you know, not that I am at goal, because I most certainly am not, but I am at least, you know, hopefully can live another 10 years.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Um, What challenges, well, I think you talked about a lot of the challenges you faced in your journey, but I guess, uh, would you like to share maybe one or two, I guess, more recent that you've had to deal with?
2: Um sure, sure. You know, it's because it, it has been that that all happened, you know, two thousand and one. Um, so now, you know, fourteen years later. Um the recent one where I sold the business happened in two thousand and six. So now eight years later, you know, some of some of the challenges are being able to you know, once I had my daughter, then I couldn't just work twenty four seven. I had to really learn how to manage my time. And that's where that journaling stuff and feeling um, accomplished came from because I, I always felt like I was never getting anything done. You know, while I was working, I felt like I should have been with my kid. While I was with my kid, I felt like I should have been working. Um, so I, I've really worked on that that balancing. <laughs> and now I think I have... A, a, I really have an amazing life, you know. Um, my mother moved in, by the way, so here. Yeah, so, so she decorates my whole house, and I, I posted the other day on Instagram. I go, you know, it's really nice. This is what she did. My my dining room table is fabulous. You know, I mean, it's got flowers coming out the 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 vase and out of the glass that's at every individual place. It I mean, it's just fantastic. I said, but now I have to go make my bed because she's complaining. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that's really nice. But, but um, you know, awesome. the biggest struggle I think that any entrepreneur has is with balancing their dream um, with their motivation and with loved ones. You know, no one, I don't care employees, I don't care anybody, really feels it like you feel it. Yeah. Nobody is committed to your dream more than you are. It's not their dream. It's your dream. So I had to learn that valuable lesson with my employees, with, you know, my family, with what comes first. And so now I just really set priorities. You know, I'm supposed to be speaking um, tomorrow uh, at an event. And it just, uh, you know, after my father passed away in December, and I'm just making different choices these days. Yes. And it's like, you know what? Sorry, no, I don't want to be away from my family at this time. That's you great. know, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate all of those things and please invite me back again and and um and actually, you know, this is one of those things that was uncomfortable that I had to tell them. You yes.
1: know.
2: And what I did, they offered to Skype me in and do it all virtual.
1: Awesome.
2: Right? So That's it's like great. If if we can lead the life we want to, but we're too busy trying to manipulate and not just asking for what we want. So if you really want to talk about challenge, the biggest challenge is inside our mind. The biggest challenge is trying to please everybody instead of starting with pleasing ourselves. You know, the biggest challenge is saying no to things that, that we don't want to do. But we're doing them, um, you know, to 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 manipulate the situation and and so you know, even though I thought that my big battles were back when when people were stealing money from me and and when I was naive, the biggest ball- battles that I have right now and challenges are to, to continue to trust my gut mm-hmm. and to trust me because you know I have had a ton of failure. But so you know, one thing that I was saying to myself or somebody else, I think, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, to a coaching client, As I said, you know, people could look at me and say I had a horrible 2014, or 13, you know, mm-hmm. I had one really good friend move away, I had um, a coaching client that had been my client for five years die, um, my father died. Uh, I was you know at about thirty five percent of what my normal revenue is because I went in a different direction um, i you know I'm driving an older car because I'm saving all of my cash for to invest in my business. They could look at that and say, Oh my gosh, what a horrible year for you and I look at it and I go, What an amazing year you know that even this person who passed away, I got to spend every single week with her. For the last year and a half, because she was one-on-ones, I got to see her. We we ate, we we traveled. So I was with her the whole time. And even you know, my father, my father and I had gotten super close over the last three years, so that I got to talk to him on a on a monthly basis, where we would go over business stuff. You know, I, I mean, I've had an amazing year, an amazing year of discovery. But it's it's about you know that battle inside your head to yes. trust yourself, to break through those fears and really be exactly who you want to be. Because when you, once you trust that and know that, then the world is open up to you. But as yes. long as you are in this foolishness of, of pretending and being somebody else, it
1: never works. Yeah. No. That's awesome. I, thank you so much for sharing that. And I can totally relate to the, the 2013 year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's That's very good. Last question. Yeah. Now, what is the best way for you know a lot of people in my audience are are on different levels of, of entrepreneurship. There's some that just started, you know, they're new, they're excited, they're all over the place, and you have some that have been entrepreneurs or business owners for a little while but stuck, you know, and some that are doing well but you know have their issues. What would you say to those entrepreneurs that? Are looking for growth and direction and guidance. What, what 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 advice would you share with them?
2: Gosh, you know, um, I I always you know the planning. Nothing really takes that long. Is the best piece that I can tell. Nothing. Okay. So hmm. um, I, I've proven you know twenty times that that building a million dollar business doesn't take long. Um, it is the plotting, the planning, the, the creating, the, the, the hemming, the hawing, the what do you think, that I think I should do this, you know, and you just have to start. I, I know this is so cliche, but it, it's so true. Just start doing something and you will auto-correct, you, you know, but, but you just have to be in it. If you're not in the water, then you never learn to swim.
1: You yes. have to be
2: in it to figure this thing out. And so... One of the things that I have is that I've written a couple of books, you know, my first one was How to Build a Million Dollar Business in Las Vegas Without the Casinos, uh, and it pretty much chronicles the the journey that we talked about early on with the, with the funding and the capital. And by the way, you know, I, um, the best thing is when you start your business without outside capital, because when you make it, everything's yours. You don't have to whack it up. You don't have to pay anybody. You've got yeah. to you keep it. Um, and then yeah. my second Call the million dollar equation. It's the nine steps to building a million dollar business. But uh, what I found was lacking is that, and what people really like are the things that you ask me about right now. And that is, okay, so how does my head work? How, how do I break through fear? How do I, because I'm exactly like you, like everybody else, like your listener. I'm exactly like them. How do you break through it? What do you do? What are the tips and tricks and techniques? So, um, my new book is is all about focus, laser focus energy for a hundred days and what to do during those hundred days. Because really I believe you can turn anything around from a business to if you're already at a certain level you can break through that plateau. So it's it's like, you know, when you're dieting and you're trying to lose weight at, you know, it's either boys or losing weight. That's like my whole um analogy section. Uh but when you when you plateau, you have to do something dramatically different. So in this book, I help you go through that journey over the 100 days, and I talk to you about the, the journaling things that I do, and so there, there are places where you can add those things into it, so it's, it's not just a reading book, but it's also a workbook that you'll be able to take every place with you and make sure that you are um, chronologizing and and. And also reflecting on how far you've come and what you do so that you can track your journey and see what happens in those 100 days. And then you repeat it, you know, three times a year, and you get to where you need to be instead of stagnant and stuck. And so that's, that's my my main goal for 2014 is to get people unstuck and really break, break them through the plateaus that they need to in their life and in their business.
1: Um Uh, Rochelle, thank you so much again for your time and for sharing and and your transparency. And um, again, thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.